Good morning. Oh, come on, guys. That was pretty weak. Good morning. All right, that's better. Yes, like I told Barry, I promised I would cover those two areas. Whenever I go speak somewhere, I have to answer those two questions and get them out of the way because no one will be able to concentrate otherwise. So the first question is, Crick, where, where did you get that name? Well, first of all, my wife loves that name because she's like, Crick is a crick in my neck. So, um, yes, actually, my sister, uh, younger sister, when she was about two, she was trying to say my real name, which is Christopher. And she ended up saying Crickofer. And then she just decided to shorten it to Crick. And my parents really liked it, so they started calling me that. And family, friends, and then I became a youth pastor, you know, kind of that cool youth pastor name, you know, Crick. I like that name, so that worked. And so it just stuck with me my whole life. And the second question that we usually get asked a lot is, okay, Estonia first, is that a real country? And where is it? So I decided I'll give you a map today so you can actually see. Uh, Estonia is a very small country. It's about one-fifth the size of the state of Colorado. So you can literally drive across country in about three hours. So my kids had a hard time coming back to the state when we would drive to Texas or to Wisconsin from Colorado. A little bit more than three-hour drive. So that was an adjustment for them. Um, it's a small country bordered uh, to the east. It's Russia and they're just south of Finland. So a really tiny little country way up near the Arctic Circle. Estonia is uh, about 1.3 million people. So Denver, metro area, is over twice the size of the entire country. So with the 1.3 million people, 30% of them are Russian. So the actual Estonian population is roughly about a million people. So a very small people group. So we're going to go back to the other picture. So now we, got, we can focus, right? We can, we can focus on some other things. So let me introduce you to my family. My wife, Mindy, we've been married for over 13 years. We met in high school, so we're high school sweethearts. And when I was driving here this morning, I was thinking, wow, it's been five years since we've been to Stapleton Fellowship Church. And it's just amazing how my wife doesn't seem to get any older. And she's just constantly turning 29 every year. So uh, my daughter, Faith, uh, she'll be seven in December. Yes, she does know Estonian. Yes, she has no accent. Yes. She's fluent, and yes, she ever so gently corrects Mindy and mine's Estonian, ever so gently. Uh, and then my son, Asher, he was born over in Tartu, and this church has kind of a history with that because we were those crazy missionaries that you heard about that had a baby, and then one week later, we had a team from Stapleton come over and join us. So we were those crazy missionaries, and it was a good time, so some of the people here have actually seen our son one week after he was born. So that's kind of a special connection for us. So Mindy and I, we moved to Tartu, Estonia, about five years ago, and it's in the southern part of the country. It's the second largest city, about 100,000 people, and 20,000 of those people are university students. So if you look at this picture here on the left side, kind of in the back, you kind of see a building, there's some pillars there. That's the main university building of the University of Tartu. And our church plant was planted right around the corner. And the idea was to try to connect with the university students that are studying all over the country and around the world. And um, so first, I just kind of want to take you through a little journey of Estonia. For those of you that know nothing about it, uh, Estonia has been around a long, long time. 
we have lots of castles. And this picture is actually the most preserved castle we have in the country. We have some ruins and stuff. And my daughter loves going here because she's going to Rapunzel's Tower. So kind of a unique opportunity. Estonia, actually, most people choose to live out in the country. It's very agricultural-based. People like to have their houses far away from other houses and just have their land, their garden, their farming. And so you just have quiet places all through the country. So if you just go outside of Tartu, about five minutes, you're in the country, and it's quiet. It's beautiful. And in all of these areas and cities and manors and in the country, you have these. What do you think that is? I'm sorry? Yes, the literal translation is big swing. And so I'm looking in here. You could probably get everyone in this audience on two swings together. And, you know, they have the swings, and they go way up really high. In fact, it's so popular, they actually made a sport out of swinging. And so they make them a little bit smaller, probably like this. You strap your feet in, and the competition is how long or how fast you can get your swing to go all the way around. I have not embraced this sport yet. I don't know if I could get myself to do that, to go all the way around, but it's become a very popular thing over there now. I don't know. So they have mostly their countryside, but they do have some cities like Tartu as well as the capital city of Tallinn. And Tallinn, of the 1.3 million people that live in the country, 450,000 of them live in the capital. So you've got the majority of your people living here. And Tallinn has the world's largest preserved medieval village. So you actually feel like you're kind of walking through a fairy tale in there. It's not Disneyland. It's the real thing. And... Um, They've done a great job renovating and preserving that. As well as they want to preserve their history, Estonia also wants to be a progressive nation in the 21st century. They know they're a small country, but they want to be known. How many of you have used Skype? Pretty much everyone here. You can thank Estonia for that. They invented it. So they want to be known for things like that. They have a lot of startup businesses there, a lot of tech companies that are coming into Estonia and starting there. So they really want to be known as a progressive nation in the 21st century. The next picture I'll show you, those of you who have been to Estonia, you might chuckle a little bit. Uh, food in Estonia is very hearty. It's very much out of your garden. You eat lots of herring, lots of pork, and you eat potatoes three times a day. Those of you who have been to the camp, you know, you eat potatoes every single meal. And mashed potatoes. And we've learned that's a very special honor. When someone makes you mashed potatoes, you're like a special guest in their home. And here I thought it was, you know, you rip open the package, put it in, add some water, and stir it up, and voila, you got mashed potatoes. Um, they love cucumbers. They love tomatoes, cabbage, and every single dish has dill on it. Even all your potato chip flavors are dill. I mean, there's just dill everywhere in this country. And they like lots of dark bread. It's just... That's pretty much the kind of food that we get exposed to over there. And through that time, we've learned uh, Estonia has been a free country since the early 1900s. But since then, they've been occupied by different powers, by Nazi Germany, by the Red Army, and then, of course, most recently, 51 years, by the Soviet Union. And what we have learned through that time is the Soviet Union's number one objective in Estonia was to make the gospel die to make the church die, to make that completely go away. 
And what they did in Estonia, they built these five to nine-story modern building, cement building, and they made them on the edge of towns to get all these people to move away from the center of town into these new buildings. And the number one objective was the people would get away from the church. The number one reason. And there's an area in Tartu where a third of the population lived in what this former Soviet village is, and there was no church in that part. But praise God, five years ago, a church went in there, and they're starting to do ministry in that area. So through that, yeah, you can, you can definitely clap for that. Praise God. So through this time in the four years that Mindy and I have been living in Estonia, we've been learning more about what life is there. And Estonia is, they have 1.5% for evangelical Christians. So when I look in this room, there should be maybe two of us in that country that are believers. That's a really daunting task, a daunting number, and it seems very overwhelming. There was a BBC News article published about three years ago, and they ranked Estonia number one for the most the least religious country in the world. We're not talking near the equator. We're not talking anywhere in the tropical area. We're talking near the Arctic Circle, the least religious country in the world. And these ladies you see up here is a region in in Estonia, in the southern part, called Seisoma. And it's its own culture in itself. They've been around a long time. They have their own folk songs, their own traditional wear, their own food, and what we've learned, their own God. And it's a wooden God. And they love to worship this wooden God and worship the nature. And so we realize if there's any religion that's being pushed out into Estonia, it's paganism. And so there's over 800 sacred groves, sacred areas in the country where you can go to and see a big rock or a tree and you can pay your respect and put a candle or show something that you want to have good karma come back around you. So as we started learning more and more about this, we're like, what can we do? And so we partnered with uh, Tartu Kogata Church, which several of you here have been to. And this church is a church that realized the situation they realize that what isn't before them. They realize there's a lost generation of young people that don't know the gospel. And so they were a church eight years ago that said, we want to change that. We want to, we want to be able to reach out to this generation. And that's where Mindy and I got partnered with them, and we worked alongside them and started a camp ministry together. So as we started visiting there, we realized God is calling us long-term. And he gave us a real clear vision that our focus is going to be youth ministry and church planting and how we can be a part of that. Our vision is that this generation, this lost generation of young people that are searching for something more, that want to be called and find the gospel and be a leader for their nation to proclaim the gospel and that they can be sent out. So this little nation that's one and a half percent evangelical Christian, least religious, could be the focal point in their country to spread the gospel throughout their country and around the world. And I believe that because only God can get the glory for that. And so we feel very strong and we partner with Kogata on this. So what do we have to do in order to start that? I have to play with Buzz Lightyear. No, actually, I, well, thank you for your year on field is devoted to learning the language devoted your whole time. You get headaches. I remember going to the grocery store the first time. It took me over three hours 
to shop in 45 minutes to find sour cream. It's exhausting, and you're learning the language, and, you're, and what we're doing there is we're doing interactive things to help us remember words and the language. Now, no one told me that Estonian is the seventh hardest language for a native English speaker to learn. Yippee! So, for example, what's this black thing right there? Chair, right? And you have two of them. What do you call that? Chairs. We have two ways of saying it, right? No, no, not in Estonian. You have 28 ways of saying it. And then every verb has six different ways of translating it. And then when you take your words, like nouns and your verbs, and you put them together, there's 69 possible ways that can work. Overwhelming, right? And, you know, I could just tell you this stuff. But, you know, I work with young people. I want interaction, you know, with people I'm working with. We're going to give you that chance this morning, okay, to learn a little Estonian yourself. We'll start easy, though, okay? So the first word is tere. You guys are a little more awake than the first service. That's pretty good. You must have had an extra cup of coffee. So I put this word up here. Honestly, if you don't know someone in their culture, that's about all you're going to get from them. You might get hello. Maybe. You can go to the grocery store. Not a single person will talk to you. You can go through the checkout. The cashier won't even look at you. Won't even say hi to you. They won't even tell you your total. You might get hello. And so through this, we realize we have challenges of connecting with people over there to start to get to know people, and it takes a long time. So you get today. The next word on there is balloon. Not bad. This is a tricky one. It means please or you're welcome. So like if I'm saying it to you, balloon, oh, balloon, 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 balloon. You, you be on this ongoing cycle of just saying the same word. And... Um, through the course of the first two years, we were learning all the basics of the language. But after two years, Mindy and I are like, we can't even share a testimony in Estonian. We can't learn the biblical words that we need to know in a language course. So we started a home group as a way of helping us learn the biblical terminology. And after two years, we were leading the home group and leading it in the Estonian language. So simple phrases like, Jesus loves you. I am a Christian. So, not too bad, right? You're not feeling too overwhelmed, right? Now, the next slide are going to show you actual words that we have to use in regular language. How do you like all of those? Right? How many of you here work at night? Anyone work at night or an evening shift somewhere? You're going to have to use that word a lot because it means work night. And they're like, try to, they, when they taught us, you know, pretend you're throwing up when you say So it's not a very pleasant one for me to say. There's some other words up there, but the bottom word I'll share is what every child knows. In fact, my daughter taught me this, this word. It means gingerbread cookies. And it's the traditional cookie at Christmas time. So you, you have to know this word because every kid's asking, do you have Bagari Bibarakok? So if you want to learn even more challenging words, come see me afterwards. I can help you figure out some words that you would like to learn. So after really taking the time and spending hours to learn language, you feel like you can start even going out. So we are like, what are some possible ways that we can do ministry and work alongside and share the gospel? 
Well, have short-term teams come over, of course, right? And Stapleton has been a huge part of that, has come over three times. I know we're talking about doing another trip uh, when we're back over in Estonia, so you can uh, encourage Beth Ann and be with us over there. And through the short-term trip, we have seen lots of opportunities that were presented to us from you guys. And one of them was the Creative Arts Camp. And I'm going to share a little bit more about that later on. So lots of great opportunities through short-term ministry to come serve with us. It's been a huge part of opportunity, the opening doors over in Estonia. Second thing we've already mentioned is camps. So you saw that first picture before of a small group. It was our first year that we were there. We had 13 people from a church in Lakewood, Colorado that were there. Well, some of you in here were here. This was camp two years ago. There's 140 people there. And the camp director was 16. 16. I can't imagine leading a camp when I was 16. But what we've realized over and over again, there's so few Christians there, and the young people are feeling called and want to serve and serve into leadership. So Mindy and I had a chance to mentor this young man to help him lead this camp and take ownership. And he's done a terrific job of making that happen. Another camp that we do is the sailing camp. It's where you go, ooh. Well, this is probably the most challenging ministry opportunity I have ever had over there. Um, you're, you're living in tents. There's no permanent structure. You know, the milk jug is in the ground. You know, you got all those kinds of things happening there. But this camp is a non-Christian camp. And you have roughly anywhere from 50 to 100 kids that are at this camp at one time. And... The director of the camp has been running this camp for 50 years and about 25 years ago became a believer. And he wanted an opportunity to have the gospel presented at his camp, so he invited us eight years ago. So we had chances to share a testimony, answer questions, have discussion, have games, have opportunities. And some of you that have been there, you know this is a tough environment to be in. This is ground zero of ministry in Estonia. But last year was our breakthrough. After eight years, we had 20 kids from Tartu that were at this camp that were looking for something more in Tartu. They're like, we're bored. We want something. So 20 non-believers are looking for some opportunity. So we started a youth ministry in downtown Tartu. And in that first week, we had eight kids. All of them were non-believers. All of them. And so it's had opportunity to share. So if you have your notes and you want to pray for something, pray for those kids from the sailing camp. Pray for those kids that are in Tartu that want to be part of this youth ministry, that the gospel can be alive and presented to them. So camp is a big part of our ministry. Another piece that has really opened doors for us is the Estonian Language Bible Distribution Project. This started about four or five years ago. And with this, today, now we have had over 1,000 Bibles, 1,000 of children's Bibles, adult Bibles, that have been put in the hands of children, in the hands of parents, the hands of their grandparents, and in the hands of schools. We actually have a school that has requested children's Bibles, and they have their kids checking out these children's Bibles to find a story and do a book report on it. You would never see that here. I know that. But God is at work in this country, and through this we've been able to connect with different communities and to trying to present the gospel in areas that are underreached or unreached. So the one thing I really wanted to share with you guys today is this next picture. Now, because your short teams have come over, we've learned about your creative arts camp. 
what a brilliant idea. Really, what a great idea. And we presented the idea to the church, and they're like, that's terrific, let's do that. And so they had the Good News Club, the Creative Arts Camp, and Mindy, my wife, helped train a young lady named Renu to be the director of this, of this camp. And so as you can tell, this is the new building that the church is in. They have a huge front yard now. People will not go into the buildings of the churches if they're not believers. So we need to go to them. So our entire art camp is outside. So we always pray for really good weather that week. So with that, the first year we had about 30 kids. And it took on, and it took on, and we were nervous about this year that we're not there. But the Estonians took ownership, and we got a picture, and they had doubled the size of how many kids came this year to the camp. Doubled. And so that's what we really want to be the heart of, is training young people to take ownership and moving forward into what God has called them to, and we have to step back to watch God at work. That's what we want to do over there. That's our heart. That's our ministry. And so they're already planning for next year. So praise God for that. The next thing my wife would say, this is from our church plant, and she would say, I am willing to serve anywhere, but Lord, please let it not be with preschoolers and young kids. (laughs) Can you imagine what the one area that needed to be filled in the church plant? Of course, working with children. And um, through that, she would tell you now, though, that was the biggest growth in her Estonian language to share the gospel. It's like it's really easy to talk to five-year-olds in a second language. They're much more forgiving of your language mistakes. And uh, through this, she started putting Sunday school lessons together and started asking other Sunday school teachers for ideas or curriculum or different things they can use. And what she has come to realize, there is nothing nothing in the Estonian language. Everyone is just reinventing the wheel. They're trying to find ways to put Sunday school together. It was a huge eye-opener for Mindy as well as for me. So her second term, if you want to pray for something else, pray for her project. She's going to be putting together a children's curriculum. She's working with Sunday school teachers in Estonia and the U.S. and finding ways that we can contextualize the material to be effective for children's ministry over there. And we want to have opportunities for Sunday school teachers to come train them and give them this material and go back to their churches with. So it's a big project for Mindy, and that's something that's really on her heart right now. So if you could pray for that, we would be grateful. Okay, that's a lot of information right now, right? Woo! I'm exhausted. No. Um, So let's take a break. Let's talk about my kid. So um, my daughter's on the right and her best friend, Anna, is on the left. And I want to share this as this is my reminder every week that I speak. This is my reminder when I'm over in Estonia. Faith started going to a kindergarten program. And as over the course of time, she has learned that she is the only Christian in her class. Her teachers don't believe no one. She's the only one. And she's really, really bothered by that. And she's really burdened by that. And she wants her teachers be able to go to heaven too someday. And so I share that because I'm like, am I burdened like that? That I have friends or family or people that are in my life that don't know Jesus. Am I really bothered by that? So Faith started, you know, trying to show the love of Christ to her classmates. She started hugging. Hugging is not a normal thing that you do over there with people you don't know. 
pretty soon now she has a line of kids waiting for their hugs from Faith. And um, through that, with Anna, we started connecting with her family. And they're not, and starting to share our story and our testimonies with them. And since we've been back in the States now for seven months, who have we been talking to the most since we've been back? The people from our church? Is it like some of our best friends over there? No. It's Anna and her family. We've been Skyping two or three times a week. And so we're just praying that we could just show the love of Christ through our actions, that there will be an opportunity to present the gospel to them. So I share this with you. There's probably people in your own life that you know that don't know the gospel. Just keep living out the love of Christ through you and opportunities will arise. All right. So we started connecting with all these different ministries, different opportunities. It's all about reaching out to the lost and raising up leaders. And one of my favorite things to do over there is baptism. And Estonians in general take a long time to make a decision about anything. So when they make a decision to follow Christ, it feels like 2,000 people have made a decision to follow Christ. And so this young lady, her name is Erdle. I've known her for eight, nine years now. I saw her journey and her struggle through junior high and high school. She has um, a little disability. And through my hearing loss that I have, we've been able to connect. And I've been able to encourage her that God has bigger and better things than people are telling her that she has. And through this, she, joined, she became a leader in the youth ministry. She joined her home group. And then finally, one day, she called me. And she's like, I want to be baptized, and I want you to do it. And so this is like my, my, my heartbeat for this kind of stuff. And so it was a wonderful day to watch Erdley be baptized and watch her journey go forward into what God has called her to do. The next picture is a young man named Toivo. I've known Toivo eight, nine years. And he was a young man, 15, 16 at the time, and he would not talk to anyone. He would go to the camp and just work the soundboard and wouldn't talk to anyone. And finally, he was in my small group at the camp. I just could not connect with him. And at near the end, he's like, I always feel like God's calling me to be a leader, and I don't want that. I don't want to do that. And through the course of time, we started praying and working through that, and God had these. Let me tell you, He's the one that planted the church. 21. He played 21. I can't even remember what I did at 21. And then three years later, he became the second international missionary through the Baptist Union. And he was serving in Zambia, Africa. God can use anyone. And I believe he's one that's spreading the gospel through Estonia and throughout the ends of the earth. The next picture is this girl named Lisa. Now, she has become a very, very dear friend of our family. She's almost like an auntie to our kids. And Lisa came to our summer camp in 2010. And through the course of the week, she decided, I want to follow Christ. And she made that decision, and she's been following him faithfully since. So by making that decision, she actually was shunned by her family for a while. She was kicked out. And praise God that that relationship has been mended. But through that, when she looked in her small town of Pikikanu, about 50 to 100 people live in this area, she called us one week, and she was so bothered that she's like, I just realized there's no church in the county that I grew up in. In the county, there's no church. And she's like, there's no one else that believes there. 
And she's like, God's calling me to do something. And she wants to connect and try to get the gospel into this community. So she went to school there. She connected with the school and she's like, how can, how can I connect? How can I do something? Well, she's a very gifted artist. They're like, you can do an art day. You know, two hours. We'll give you two hours. And you may have four to five kids that come. Well, she had over 20. And then through the course of time, the next summer, we get a call from them. And they're like, can you make it a two-day art thing? We have a place for you to stay here and everything. Sure. We had 25 kids and parents started getting involved. So the next summer, we get another call. They're like, you know, two days is just not enough. Can you do three days? And it would be really awesome if you could do a soul-cleansing message in your art project. Can you do that? Oh, yeah, you bet we can. <laughs> so through that, the door has started opening. And right now, currently, they want an art program once a month or, or twice a month. And Lisa would be leading it, and we would have a good news club involved in that. That's a non-traditional church plant in my mind. She's wanting to go into her community to make a difference. And that's the school that has children's Bibles in them. That's the school that's doing book reports. Because of her obedience, I really believe this community will be won over by Christ, and this will be a place that will proclaim the gospel. So pray for Lisa as she continues to find ways to reach out into this community. And so, of course, of the four years that we've lived there, we've listened a lot. We've been hearing stories, made tons of language mistakes, times. But what we've realized is there's real potential for the gospel to be proclaimed there. There are young people that want to serve and reach out. And through stories like Toivos and Lisa, along with the church plant and our mother's church there, we're partnering with them to get the gospel spread further in southern Estonia. So if you see this map, there's the blue dot. That's where Tartu is. And then there's six areas through camp ministry, through the Bible project, through people like Lisa, we've had opportunities to connect in these communities. We want church plants in all six of these communities in the next four years. Seems kind of impossible, but we've got to dream big, and God is bigger than anything. And so one of those communities is Pikakanu. We want an art Bible study happening there. There's two other communities that want a sports ministry to be involved there. We have a church that has a pastor who's working three jobs, and there's tons of young people, but they just don't have the support. We want to train up people that can go in there and reach out to the young people there. So... You want to add anything to your prayer list, pray for these areas, that the gospel can be real and alive in those areas. And that's going to be a huge focus of our second term in Estonia. So when we came, gosh, Jimmy, it was like seven years ago when we connected with Stapleton, the verse that really stuck out to us was Matthew 9:37, And it said, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that was a real thing that God really wanted to reveal to us, that Estonia was a huge harvest, but the workers were few, and he really wanted us to understand that in the four years. And since we've been on home assignment, I feel like God's given us the next verse, in verse 38. It's out Beth Ann uh, back in February. She's out there. She's, she's, I just Skype with her. She's working on that language. It's hard. You know, pray for her in that. She's a part of the plan for southern Estonia. Pray for her in that part. But also we're realizing we want after workers in Estonia to go out too. So pray for those young people in Estonia that are feeling called to serve 
somewhere in Estonia. So I just challenge this in your own heart. What is God asking for you and I right now, right here in Stapleton, right here in Northeast Denver, right here in Colorado, and as well as the world? Challenge your heart what God is asking you to do now to take a step forward and go out into the harvest field. I just want to say this is just a snippet of what's happening. You guys have been a huge part of it. We're so thankful for Stapleton Fellowship for the last seven years of partnering with us in ministry. You have prayed for us. You have given financial support to us. You've sent short-term mission teams. You've given us ideas. You've given us encouragement. And you've even sent, commissioned someone out to Estonia. This church is very, very special to us. And we're excited to see where God is going to take this church in the future. So thank you. God bless.